Hi, I'm Zeeland. Like, actually, this isn't AI or anything. And you're listening to the Thousand Hours Podcast. Hello and welcome back to part two of episode 10 of the Thousand Hours Podcast. Yes, part two. We've already had part one. You can get that on whatever podcast player you're listening to this through. In part one of this episode, Alex Tamp Brown talked about rebuilding Leeds United because he is a Leeds fan. Objectively, that is a fact. And Alex Towles talked about trying to win a Premier League and Champions League with Taunton. Did he do it? Well, most of you listening will know the answer to that. If you don't know the answer, then you need to go back to listen to part one of episode 10 before you listen to this part. Speaking of, in this part, I will be chronicling my journey with Leon going through the third and fourth seasons of my time with the French club, making everyone else in French football cry in the process. Little spoiler for what's ahead. I'll also be talking about the England national team because I took over the England national team in the last episode and it's the Euros midway through this episode. So look forward to that. If you haven't listened to part one though, go and listen to that first. If you have listened to part one, then please enjoy part two of episode 10 of the Thousand Hours podcast. Anyway, I'll stop talking about um, how much I want to win with Tonto and probably won't. Uh, Alex Woodward, what have you been up to? Right, so I obviously have been continuing with Leon and kind of like what I said in the last episode, I've created a monster and we're just destroying everyone and everything that gets in our way. So I've played through two more seasons since we last spoke. And in the first of these two seasons, 2031-32, we opened up the campaign with Trophy des Champions, as obviously expected, as the League and Champions, and we would be taking on the Coupe de France winners, Bordeaux. Bordeaux, unlike in real life, are a really good side of this FM save. I don't know quite how they've done as well as they have, but, you know, they're actually back to being Bordeaux which is nice. So I was expecting a really tough game. I wanted to come out and make a statement like I had done, was it the year before? I think it was the year before I beat PSG 5-1. Though now I say that I cannot see it on this list. Yeah, yeah, it was the year before, 5-0. Uh, so I wanted to make a, a similar sort of statement if I could, but I knew that was unlikely. 8-1. In the opening, in the opening <laughs> game against a Bordeaux side who are expected to finish in the Champions League, so we're off to a decent start. You're all right then. <laughs> so who would we? I've just, just got this picture in my head of uh, that, that Simpsons gif where it's like, "Stop, stop! He's already <laughs> there." Yes, that that was very much what what was happening actually before. Before I go into anything, I should probably say who I signed for for the new season. So I, I had minimal sort of transfer of activity, but primarily I saw I, I bought in four players. One of which was Steven Sessignon, who is is not a not a big name by any stretch of the imagination. In real life, last year he played for Charlton. So, you know. He's a fantastic player. 
in this safe, he's mostly been playing in this fight of Bundesliga, but I had to loan out Jordi Osei Tutu because he wanted more time, and I had to get in a replacement right back who was going to be happy with not playing any game at all. So I signed him for €100,000. Um, just to spoil it, he actually played a lot and ended up being weirdly good. Bearing in mind, this is a guy who had never played in the top flight of any league before, or the top flight of any major country before. 12 games, 1 goal, 5 assists, 7.29 average rate. This guy was not meant to play a single game, and, and yet he did. He also played 6 games of the Champions League with a 7.08 average rating. I don't know how he did this, but even when I just sign random players from random second tiers, they, they come to Leon and suddenly go, oh, I'm really good now, and that was the case here. The biggest signing I made was for 90 million euros, and it was for a, a player who is quite big in real life already. But I signed Moali Cho from Real Sociedad, and he was entering the last year of his contract, and I was I was very excited to be able to sign him because he's way better than merely 90 million euros, and he was fantastic through the season. I was also able to sign Wesley Fafana from Chelsea. I'd previously signed him on my 1860 Munich save back in the day. So that was that was very nice. I don't need these players. I don't need any players. But this, this is just sort of widening the gap between us and the rest of Ligon at the moment. And I was able to... I was able to make the most exciting signing. It was only a loan signing. But as for Leon social media guy would have probably written... For this signing, Skabaka, I was able to bring back Gianluca Skamaka, which was very exciting. In the last episode, we, we discussed this, but he were, he moved to Arsenal for 90 million euros and he, he, he played 18 games, scored 11 goals. And then they decided, you know what, we don't want him anymore. Uh, and they, they transfer listed him. They didn't play him again for the rest of the season. I was able to get him on loan and we'll talk about how he did later on as well so anyway to go back to the super cup then Morali Cho got a hat trick Lorenzo Luca got a hat trick as well and uh, Fafana and Gabriel Perez scored the other goals so that means for entering the league gun season, the, beside who we were facing on the open day of the season, must have been terrified because they've just seen us take on Bordeaux, beat them 8-1. They must be going, oh God, they're going to be a tough side. So who do we have on the first day of the season? Bordeaux. We had to play them twice in a week. <laughs> so, you know, they must have been really looking forward to it. And it was a lot closer. We only won 2-1 on the opening day of the season. And that was only because of a Gianfranco Fernandez pen penalty. In the Did they play a similar side? Um, I believe so, yes. I'd have to go back and look because this was ages ago now. Uh, let's have a look. Did they play the same formation? Yeah. I, d I don't see any changes. Oh, well. Fair enough. Yeah. So, clearly, we, we sort of weren't treating them as maybe we should have done because yeah <laughs> to go from an 8-1 win to a 2-1 win was quite the shock you said psg actually i've just realized i forgot to mention the biggest sort of transfer for us that summer was the fact that killing mbappe actually left for real madrid which hey. which was great news because he was 
by far the best player in league and it wasn't even close he he was just dominant in every game and he's continued to be for Real Madrid since joining them but just to have him out of the league it's immediately tanked PSG and weirdly enough they've not really been a title contender in either of the last two seasons so the gap between us and the rest of the league is at the moment gigantic even PSG aren't able to rival us in the UEFA Super Cup we would take on Stuttgart yes really and we surprisingly struggled through this game and Luca couldn't get anything done, Cho couldn't get anything done, Fernandez, Perez, none of them could get anything done. And I remember sitting there and going, well, I've got no... If, if these players aren't doing well, there's no one on my bench who can do well either. So maybe I'd switch up the system or... Forget it. I'll just put on Nelson Viper. Nelson Viper is another one of the players who is just meant to be back up and help if there's injuries. He's not meant to come on and win games, but he scored two in the UEFA Super Cup final as we would eventually win 2-1. They got a consolation in the 94th minute. It was already game over at that point. So we'd started off the season obviously very well with the Trophy de Champions and the UEFA Super Cup. So let's, let's talk about the league. We made a really good start to the season, winning our first 11 games on the bounce to obviously lead the way at that point but then we lost 1-0 to Lille of all sides in the next game and obviously Lille and Leon are no not obviously sorry in this game Lille and Leon are not the best of friends for some reason the manager doesn't like me so we actually lost a league game which I didn't think was possible it was our first loss in the league since the 2nd of December 2029 this loss came on the 31st of October 2031. So it was nearly two years of having not lost in the league at all. And we finally fell to Lille. We did lose again later on in the season to Ren, who were probably the best side apart from us. But to be honest, as, as is to be expected from what I said, we absolutely waltzed the league. Played 34, won 30 drawn two, lost two, 92 points. Ren, Ren did well, they got 67, but that is still quite a way behind us as we won our third straight league and title. So let's go on to other competitions then. We were able to win all of our Champions League group stage, um, group, no, what's it called now? Group league phase, I think it's called, whatever. And we're able to easily waltz through to the round of 16. And to be honest, there are only two sides who we could possibly go up against. So I was like, no, thank you. One of them was Man United, who were playing really well in the Premier League. And the other one was Barcelona, who were completely dominating in La Liga. So, of course, we got Barcelona. Because that's what happens. The second you think, I don't want to play them is the second that you draw them. Anyway, in the first leg at Camp Nou, Gianfranco Fernandez would give us the lead in the 23rd minute, and then Wesley Fafana would score into his own net. one all in the first leg. In the second leg, they took the lead in the sixth minute from Evan Nielsen, who is apparently a real player. Oh, he plays for Porto. I should have known that. 
And it looked like they were going to go through until the 80th minute when Mo Ali Cho came out of nowhere to score. We'd been very bad up until that point. And then in the 108th minute, club legend Hassan Awar would make it 2-1 to Leon. We would advance to the quarterfinals where we would play the best side in the world. Spurs. Spurs, why not? <laughs> <laughs> we won the first leg 4-2. Uh, Yakuba Koye getting one. Gabriel Perez getting two. Moali Cho getting one. Their goals came from... Do you know what? I'm not even going to attempt that first name. Rafos. And the other guy who scored for them was David Vince. And I want you to remember the name David Vince because it's going to become important later on. In the second leg, we drew 0-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And that would set up a semi-final where we would play Juventus, drawing the first leg at the... Uh, what's it called? Is it is it the Allianz? It's not coming Which up. Which one? Juventus. Yes, it's the Allianz. Yeah, it, it didn't come up on the schedule thing. It said Juventus Stadium. I was like, that's not right. Mm. But yeah, we drew the first leg to all in the second leg at the Group Armour Stadium, all to play for. And obviously, very sort of nervy. I thought I was expecting a real tough, close game. 5-0 Leon. Nice. Yeah, very nice. By the way, Juventus were waltzing it in Serie A. We weren't playing Tottenham or anyone like that. The goals coming from Daniel Cabra, Moali Cho, Yakubu Okoye and Gianluca Scamacca, the now legend, who I think had just scored over 100 goals for Leon at this point in his career. So I was very happy about that. So that brings us on to the Champions League final. Quick note, I, I have never had, in the 20 years of this taunting save, I have not had a single player score over 100 goals for, ta- for me, for Taunton. The most is Sam Barzay with, like, 75. Carry on. And, well, he hasn't scored 100 goals for me because he was playing for Leon for a significant period of time before I joined. But he did score most of those goals for me, I think. So, anyway, we would get through to the Champions League final where we would take on Manchester City. Who, of course, are a really tough side. This is not something I need to say. They still have Erling Haaland up front. They still have lots of good players. They're managed now by Brendan Rodgers, the former Borussia Dortmund manager. So I beat him, obviously, in the Europa League final. And now I was playing him in the Champions League final. Though he did have a better squad at this point. 5-0 Leon. <laughs> I don't know how. But we yes. absolutely flattened <laughs> them in the Champions League final. I'd say it was the easiest game we'd played in the Champions League that year, but we did beat Juventus 5-0 in the semis as well, so I don't think I can claim that. Plus, I'm sure we... So, so am I now the only one not to have won the Champions League? Oh, no, this was my second Champions League. We we discussed this. <laughs> <laughs> I beat Real Madrid in the first Champions League final the year before. <gasps> Oh so my god. Both of us have won it twice on the bounce, whilst mm. Towels has failed to win it at all. I'm still sat here 20 seasons later with Taunton. So we made the quarterfinal once. <laughs> Alex Woodward, you'll be able to share in feelings here, you know, that Alex Towels won't be able to share in. You know, getting to that Champions League final, do you yes. almost feel robbed winning it by so much? No, because it's Man City. <laughs> I wanted to make them cry. That's fair enough. But, like, against any other opposition, if you win, like, 5-0, it's 
it's not as fun as winning two one. I don't know. I'm I'm still sort of maybe, maybe I don't maybe I underestimate my team's power, but like I said, they're going no, no, it's it's it's, it's not going to happen. Like but, what? What? No, another? Another? Oh my god! So no. I I would love to know how my players compare to your players. Because you know, I'd be fascinated to know if I've got like, if my t- if my squad is actually good enough to win the Champions League, or if I'm just somehow making third in the Premier League with like an incredibly mid squad. It's... Oh, I would love to know whether it's actually Towel's managing ability being really good and getting the best out of uh, a poor group of players, or Towel's managing ability being t- absolutely terrible. And completely <laughs> underselling a fantastic group of players. I mean, to be fair, I did spend £105 million on a right-back. And then my centre-back, who was rubbish for me, has immediately gone and become apparently incredible at Liverpool. One of their star players and an elite centre-back. So you're the Tottenham Hotspur of managers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, although I have won two trophies. Oh, okay. You're not the Tottenham Hotspur managers then. Right. Well, I've won the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. Yeah. Taunton is where people go to uh, realise they've dreamed to become farmers. <laughs> Indeed it is. It's funny you should say that though, because I was recently looking back at my FM22 save and um, South of Ego, and I think that South of Ego side won two La Ligas and three Champions Leagues, and I can guarantee this Leon side would utterly decimate them. It wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't even be a contest. That's how much better this Leon side is. I I don't know how, because I'm not very good at the game, but this side are just absolutely dominant. And, and weirdly, I don't know if it's because I've downloaded the extended database and it's screwed up everything, but there are some players who, like, a world class, and yet nobody is interested in them. Like, Yakuba Koye is probably the best midfielder in the world at this point, and Liverpool always show interest before the transfer window, and there's all those stories about how they want to buy him, and Koye is really interested in joining them. They just never submit a bid. I had that with about four players who were all reportedly on the verge of having an offer submitted from another club, and then none of them had offers submitted. Gianfranco Fernandez is maybe the best striker in the world. He's on eight grand a week. <laughs> I don't know how. Exactly. How? I don't know. Alex, that's slavery. Oh, come on, you can't say anything, Mr. £1 million budget with Tadcaster in the Premier League or whatever it was. Yeah, but they played for the love of the club. Well, he's playing for the love <laughs> of Leon. I don't know if you've been to Leon, but I have. It's lovely. That's what's keeping him there. Sorry, but the photo that you've got as your current background on Zoom <laughs> suggests otherwise. I, just for those who are actually listening to the podcast, I, I reset my background in the middle of this episode to a photo i took of the group palmer stadium when i went there and it was it was lovely i highly recommend going it it's fantastic it's out of town and it, it takes about 20 minutes yeah it's got a museum which i went in it, genuinely it if nice. you're listening to this podcast right now where we are Tweet us at one at a thousand hours FM or send us a DM at a thousand hours FM and tell us why 
you're listening to us chat <laughs> shit. Please, genuinely. Like, the, partly because it waiting. will boost our egos and make us feel good about ourselves, and partly because I genuinely do not understand. I've barely been listening to this conversation. Why would anyone else choose to do this? <laughs> because they're still waiting for you to justify 105 million with <laughs> shit right back. That's he's actually quite good. Look, right. If you sign a shit right back, at least let it be free, like Jason Crow. Okay, don't, oh my God. don't just sign them for 105 million from Manchester he United. Is Jason the Crow, of Aaron Wambasaka, and just like Manchester United in real life, I will continue to play him, even though it doesn't make any sense. And Jason that, Crow yes, is the last our... person I expected to come up in this conversation. <laughs> Yeah. I managed to squeeze in the random Leeds player of the episode. There we go. Incredible. See, it, that does it. It is quite funny how I've got two right backs, one of which is called Phil Nicholson, and the other one is a Wambasaka regen. Like you'd think, if I was going to have an Aaron Wambasaka regen, it would be the bloke called Phil Nicholson. Yeah, of course. Sounds like a character off Eastenders. He does. Yeah. He really does. I just think he sounds like a pro golfer. Where were we? What started this conversation? Oh, yeah. So, no my Salta Vigo side, who won three yeah. Champions Leagues on a row, wouldn't come close to this Leon side. They're, they're absolutely streets ahead. So, yeah, obviously, we won League and We won the Champions League as well. Would we be able to claim back the Coupe de France as well to seal the season and win everything we could in one go? We opened no, up no. against Burge Peronis. I'm always going to butcher these names, by the way. Just just deal with it. And considering we've ever seen a professional side, we probably should have won more than 3-1, but we did win and go through to the 10th round. I, I, what I've always loved about this save is that I don't know if it's because of where I set the expectations at the beginning of the season or if it's because Leon just don't care about the Coupe de France, but I won against a semi-professional side. And the first question in the press conference was the fairy tale continues. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, not really. It's a, it's a win over a semi professional side. It's it's a fairy tale. Well, fairy if you tale. think that's a fairy tale, you're gonna be absolutely over the moon when I tell you that we beat second tier Roday. I mean upset yeah, of the decade. <laughs> In all fairness, if if we'd lost to Roday, it would have been like the biggest yeah. upset. Of all time, Same. probably. Next, we would move on to another league der side, Stad Khan. And, oh, no, actually, they were in league at the time. They were in league and they got relegated that, that year. And we beat them just like we did in the league because they were really, really bad. Bring us on to the quarterfinal where we would play then one of the two sides we lost to in league. And, and luckily, this time, we would go 3-0 up within the half hour. Actually, 4-0 up within 34 minutes. Uh, Fernandez, Evandro and Skamaka scoring. Uh, they would get two back in the second half, but would not win 4-2 the final score. That would bring us on to the semi-final where we would play Dijon, who, well, I'll just cut the mustard. I beat 2-0. I'd like Shut to formally apologise. <laughs> Get out. Okay. Hi, everyone. Deserve, our listeners do not deserve that at all. I return to my previous question of if you're still listening to this, why? 
<laughs> it's obviously for these silky smooth puns. <laughs> so that would bring us into the Coupe de France final where we would play Lille. And obviously Lille had beaten us early in the season and their manager, for some reason, just doesn't like me. And was saying that I don't want to lose to his tin pot club. Mate, mate, we've, we've won... Well, actually, at this point, we hadn't won two Champions Leagues on the bounce, but we've just won our third league and title on the bounce. Shut up. You're... <laughs> if, if we're Tim Pot, what the hell are you? <laughs> and it was, and I cannot stress this enough, the single most boring game I've ever had on Football Manager. Now, I, I normally play with key highlights, and... In court finals, I, I normally change it to comprehensive highlights, but I'm really glad that I didn't do that for this one because it went through the entire game without a highlight. There was only one highlight that it showed, and it was in the 94th minute. And that was a highlight of Gianfranco Fernandez scoring 1-0. <laughs> Leon would win the Coupe de France. <laughs> but yes. yeah, there was not a single highlight before that. I was so bored sat there just going, is anything going to happen? I'd have gone to make a cup of tea. I'm normally really nervous, but my nerves just turn into boredom like almost immediately. I was like, this, this is absolutely terrible. But, you know, I shouldn't complain too much because we did actually win the Coupe de France. We won every trophy we were competing in this season. Trophy de Champions, Super Cup, Ligue 1, Coupe de France and Champions League. So who were the stars? Well, obviously, I think I should probably start off with Skamaka because he, he returned for this season and he was really really good on his return in 24 games because he wasn't a primary player for us anymore he scored 17 goals and had four assists so quite good 7.48 average rating in the middle of this season Lorenzo Luca would win the Ballon d'Or so that was very nice he overall would have 34 games score 23 goals and have four assists i think it was well obviously the ballon d'or is for the year before year before that he scored i think it was 51 i can't remember how many games he played but yeah he was absolutely sensational obviously gabriel perez was <laughs> gabriel perez was was quite good so he played 47 games in total how many goal contributions 31-5. 53. 28 of them were assists. What did you give him for breakfast? <laughs> I don't know. But I think it's different to like the boulangeries I was eating in Lyon. So clearly, he didn't take my advice. I've all used to have all of these croissants on pan au chocolat and stuff like that. He was going, no, I'm going to want to eat healthy food to, to help us win, boss. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, seven point seven eight average rating. He was, he he was a solid, you know, middle of the road campaign. I'm thinking about a six point five out of ten. Gianfranco Fernandez was fantastic as well. He scored twenty two in forty one. Moali Cho in his first season with the club, he had nineteen in forty. 7.33 average rating. But everyone was good. I don't know why I'm even saying anything to 
sort of back that up because I think it's pretty evident from from what I've discussed. This was easily our highest goal scoring season because we had 94 goals in the league. I don't think we've come particularly close in any other season. Oh no, we had 86 in our first season, so that was quite good. Quite good. <laughs> So, yeah, an all-round successful campaign. And you might remember in the last episode, I discussed becoming the England manager. Well, obviously, at the end of the 2031-32 season, we had the Euros. So, it's probably time to talk about that. Before we do, though, I do want to go back and talk about FM22. So, when I mentioned South earlier, this is actually why I went back to look. I wanted to look at my Spain save in the World Cup, because I don't think I really talked about this. But we played in Spain. I was the Spanish national team manager. The tournament, the, what, what tournament would it have been? The 2030 World Cup? No, 2034. No, 2030. Yeah, was being hosted in Spain. So it was great to, to manage them. And we, we had this thing of getting off to really fast starts. And then not doing anything after that, which was a bit annoying. But we would get through all the way to the World Cup final. And I've never, I don't think I've mentioned this to you two. But in the World Cup final, we would play England. Fun. Fun managing against your own nation. Do you want to guess who the manager of England was at the 2030 World Cup? Gareth Southgate. No. no I'm going to guess it's a Spanish oh. manager. Um, it is a Spanish Potter. manager, yeah. FM22, Mikel Arteta or Pep Guardiola? Rafa Benitez. Oh, of course, it's the <laughs> fat waiter. <laughs> so, yeah, Rafa Benitez, the Spanish manager managing England against me, the English manager managing Spain. And it was a really close affair. It went to extra time, but we scored through Ansu Fati in the 118th minute to win the World Cup in Spain against England. So, Partially, I felt like I wanted to make up for this and, and manage England to hopefully international success. And where was Euro 2032 being hosted? England. So it, it was even, even better for that reason. So we opened up at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Why? You know, you know there's that stadium over there called Wembley. There's also a better one in Islington as well. Yeah. Which one's that? The Emirates. Is it Champion Hill, Dulwich Chamber? <laughs> Southampton. <laughs> I know it is. I was just trying to think of a Baptist Stadium. <laughs> it's tiny. You could have at least said <laughs> Borum Wood or something like or the high. I, I could have. I could have. Yeah. The, the stadium of Wembley FC that I don't know the name of. It's two miles from we should Wembley. Play Wembley Stadium. It is too much. You, if you play at Wembley, so, actually, can you say that you've played at Wembley? Yeah. yeah. Playing Belgium in our opening game. Belgium will not decide that they are in real life. We won 4-2. With all of the goal scorers being different, Jude Soonsup Bell, who is absolutely dominant for England in my save. I think I was the first manager to cap him. He's played in 23 games and scored 17 goals. So, quite not good. Bad. The other goals coming from Bukayo Saka, Phil Folden, and David Vince. The Tottenham player who is, we'll just say, very, very good. 
I think he might actually be the best player in the world when I look at his profile. Because because he is absolutely beyond dominant. We would then play Romania at the Etihad Stadium because, you know, why not? It's not like everyone wants to go and watch England play anyway. You know, we've got better things on. So, we would win 3-1 in that game. Phil Foden getting one and David Vince getting the other two. We even scored a penalty. Yay. Actually, I can't make that joke anymore. We won a penalty shootout in the World Cup, didn't we? <laughs> then, for our final group stage game, we would go to the London Stadium. Because there aren't any bigger stadiums in London. And we would play Denmark, winning 3-0... And at this point, you're not going to be surprised. David Vince scored a hat-trick. So we're three games into the tournament, and he has scored six goals. So he's quite good, all things considered. We would then play Croatia in the second round. And maybe the biggest miracle of the entire save, Dane Scarlett scored a football goal. I don't know. I don't know if you've had Dane Scarlett, but I have, unfortunately. And every time I call him up to England, because we literally don't have any other options, like the, the striking pool at this point is is quite bad without Harry Kane. He he just does terribly, and I think this was the only time he came on and actually did well. Well, actually, I tell a lie. I think he missed a penalty, so he didn't do well. But he did score, as did Henry Wright, a new gem. From Liverpool, who is also really, really, really good. And probably one of the best players in the world at this point. So that would bring us on to the quarterfinals, where we would draw France. And obviously I'm managing in France at this point. So I, I don't have the idea what the headlines would be if, if we actually lost. And furthermore, obviously a lot of my Lyon players are in this fan side. Because I'd made a push with the signings of like Cho and Fafada to make the squad more French, to sign more sort of national players. Why? I don't know. It was just, just something I thought of one night and then, then I did be nice. it. Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, French players in France's best squad. So anyway, my best friend in the entire world, Kylian Mbappe, would open the scoring because he had to remind me that he was good. Didn't enjoy that. I was in the 15th minute. Two minutes later, Bakayo Saka would make it one all. And then, once again, the man, the myth, the legend, David Vince, would make it 2-1. David Vince is not a suitable name for, for a world-class footballer. It just sounds like a farmer from It's like being Norwich. called Harry Kane. It's just quite boring, really. You know. You take that back. <laughs> Look, I like him now. He's left Tottenham. I like <laughs> him. He's a Bundesliga player. Yeah, I, I, I have like to defend him. I think, him. He, I think he's a great striker. But when he played for Spurs, he was shit yeah, and a donkey. Old. Like, I don't make the rules. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is how it works. Anyway, I thought we were going to go through, but then the 85th minute Mustiabi would equalise. We would play through all of extra time and go through to a penalty shootout. You know, those things England love. David Vince would, of course, score his penalty as would Calimuendo for France. Trent Alexander-Arnold would then step up, and he would miss. Thanks, Trent. Why do I still play him? And then it would be the turn of Moali Cho, the Leon player. Now, obviously, he would not miss a penalty for me, but he did. He also missed his penalty. 
step forward Harvey Elliott, who would score his penalty, which brings us on to the next player, Maxence Carcavet, the Lyon captain, was now up, and he would miss his penalty. Henry Wright, the Liverpool new gen, would score, and that would bring up Moussa Diaby, and he would miss. England would win 4-1 on penalties and go through to the semi-finals of the Euros. Now, this is a Euros being hosted in England. Who would be the most fitting opponent for England to have in a Euro semi-final being hosted in England? Has to be Germany. Has to be Germany. Germany would come up in the semi-final. And unfortunately, I don't believe they played any of my players from Tennis Borussia Berlin. But that's only because all of my players were terrible. Yeah, none, none of my players were even in the squad. So that's a shame. Anyway, we, we dominated the game bar the opening 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, it was 2-0 Germany. So that was great. Bayern Munich's Yusuf and Makoko would open the scoring. Yeah, Bayern Munich's Yusuf and Makoko. He scored 180 goals in 210 games for Bayern. I hate everything. And I think he also broke Lewandowski's record. Yeah, in the 2028-29 season, he scored 43 goals in 32 games. So, that good. And he's still at Bayern now. They've won every Bundesliga in this save because I've not been there to stop them. So, so that's, you know, fantastic. Anyway, if anyone was going to score... For England, it was, of course, going to be David Vince. He would get one back in the 39th minute. And then in the 85th minute, the exact same minute in which France equalised against us, Phil Foden would equalise for us against Germany. We would again go through extra time and into the penalty shootout. David Vince would be the first to step up. He would score his penalty, of course, because if you haven't figured it out yet, he is actually God. Kai Havertz would then score... For Germany making a nice departure from reality. Phil Foden would score our second penalty. Jamal Musiala, who is still at Bayern in the save, would step up and miss. Trent Alexander-Arnold would then step up to take the next penalty. And obviously, I was very nervous because he'd missed in the last round. I was half tempted to not give him the penalty, but it said confident in his box next to him. And he was one of the... There were like three penalty takers alongside him and the other two who I've already mentioned, Vincent Foden, who were really good at penalties. Everyone else, not so much. So I decided to give him another chance and he would score his penalty. Jonathan Burkhart would then step up. Burkhart at this point is playing for Dortmund. So he's very used to not doing well in high-pressure situations and he would miss his penalty. Like club, like player. Which would bring up... Yeah, you, you can take the player out of Dortmund, but you can't take the Dortmund out of the player. <laughs> that would bring up Harvey Elliott, knowing that if he scored, he would send England through to the Euro final, and he would England would win 4-1 on penalties against Germany, taking us through to the finals. And this is a Euros being hosted in England. So who did England play in the final? Well, you've had France. You've had Spain. You're not no, Spain. we've not had Spain. Um, in terms of... It's been, in ter- in terms of, it's been hosted in England. Say in terms of the old enemy, Scotland. No, no, no. Think 
think recent and think real life. England playing a Euros final in England. Oh. Oh. Italianos. England would play Italy in the final of the Euros at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They didn't want to play this game at Wembley because apparently it's easier to sort any ticketing problems at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You know, you can make sure that not too many people get in and there's no there's no Here problems with fans. <laughs> also, it looks like a toilet bowl oh, what a, as well, what so a if lovely... it goes to shit, then we're all in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that episode of the A Beautiful Game podcast, which all, you all refused to come on, was like the best day of my life. I, I loved it. Yeah, because you asked us to do it about, I think, a day after the Euros final. We were really hungover. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I accept that. Oh. So, we played Italy in the final. Of course, that meant playing Skimaka and Luca, who were both starting up front for Italy. So, you know, it's going to be a great day. Phil Foden would open the scoring for England in the 36th minute, and then in the 41st, we would get a penalty. And of course, the legend of this tournament, David Vince, would step up and score. And that would be it. England would win 2 0 and win the Euros. We love your word, word. We this do. is easily like the best save I've ever word, had. Word. We do. We love your word, word. We do. Oh, word, word. We love you. There's nothing I hate more than being complimented. Why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a successful summer, I think it's safe to say. At least a, a middle of the road summer, a good 6.5 to 7 out of 10. And that would bring us into the 2032 33 season. I didn't do much in terms of transfers. I had to buy a new backup goalkeeper, so I bought in Banya Milinkovic Savic from Frosinone. And yeah, he's not played. If I know he's played one game, I apologise. Um, apart from that, I also brought in a new gen called Philippe Pessin from Nice for 50 million euros. He was a new striker. Why did I bring in a new striker? Well, that's because I sold Lorenzo Luca to Real Madrid for 95 million euros. He's a great player. He's... Should never okay. sell to Real Madrid. He... He's a great player, but he scored 14 goals the year before, so he definitely dipped in quality. Uh, sorry, 14 league goals, 23 in total. So he definitely dipped in quality. And he was 32 at this point, and Real Madrid were offering 95 million for a 32-year-old. And the last time that happened, I'd been able to loan him back the year after, so it wasn't too much of a problem. Apart from that, I didn't really sell anyone. There was one more transfer I brought in. It was a free signing. Now, there's something I haven't told you through this entire thing, which is that when Arsenal signed Skamaka, they signed him to a two-year deal for ninety million. Two-year deal. Oh he walked. Oh my god! And I got him back on the free. Oh Red Donald trumped me out of the deal. Um. <laughs> so ninety million. From their end was 18 games, 11 goals. From my end was just missing him for the season. Oh, well, wait. <laughs> Getting he, him back. He came back to you for free after one season. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, technically, I, I'd paid a, a, an amount to loan him the year before. I can't remember the conditions of the loan, but it obviously wasn't, oh, I'm not paying any of his wages, nor am I paying a fee. I, I did pay something. 
but it was obviously nominal compared to the 90 million euros they spent to buy him. That's this, that's that's money laundering. That is crime. <laughs> that is crime. It's the meme. It, it's you give me <laughs> nine. I I give you uh, Scam- Gianluca Scamacca. You give me 90 million euros plus Gianluca Scamacca. <laughs> You know, that's something similar to that's happened in MLB quite a few times where a player is traded for a player yet to be named. And the player yet to be named ends up being that player, so they end up trading a player for that player. And it's really <laughs> confusing. I've never understood how it can happen. I don't understand that either. Yeah, but it's happened multiple times where players essentially been traded for himself. Just going to cut in here editing the podcast to tell you uh, I looked it up and the Mariners player who was traded for himself was Brad Golden back in 1981. He was traded from the Yankees to the Mariners for the player to be named later, which ended up being himself. So he was just traded from the Yankees to the Yankees. He's one of four players in baseball history to be traded for himself. The other ones being Harry Cheaty, Dickie Knowles and John McDonald. So if you are into baseball, then... Now you know that. Also, I found that out in the Secret Base documentary about the history of Seattle Mariners. And if you haven't watched that, even if you don't like baseball, watch it. Because it's one of the best things on YouTube, full stop. Anyway, back to the podcast. So, we would start off in the Trophée des Champions against Rennes. I wanted to make a statement in the opening fixture. And I would unfortunately only win 3 now. So that was a shame. Morali Cho, Gianfranco Fernandez, and they scored their own goal. But that was still against the second favourites for the title. So the side we were playing on the opening day of the season must have been terrified because we'd taken on the second best team in France, the runners up last year, second favourites for the title this year, and, and done really well against them. So who will we play on the opening day of the season? Then, Me. <laughs> yeah, you. We only need someone to say Heidenheim to keep that joke running. Uh, but yeah, yeah <laughs> we would play then on the opening day of the season and draw nil-nil. So, you know, it's going to be a great season. We would also play Inter Milan in the Super Cup. Yakubu Okoye would open the scoring in the 13th minute into his own net. And then Persine would equalise in the 78th minute. We would go through to a penalty shootout. This time, Moali Cho and Maxence Karkave scored penalties, which was really nice for me. We would eventually win 6-5. Yeah, yes, 6-5. So that was a good start to the season. Let's talk about the Coupe de France first, because we once again had a fairy tale by beating Tours, semi-professional Tours, 10-0 in the ninth round, so that was good. You know, solid performance. Tour de France? Yeah, Tour de France. I, I went to the Tour de France this summer. They were fast. Too fast. <laughs> we would play Dijon in the 10th round, drawing two all, but eventually winning on penalties. In the 11th round, we would take on Mets and win 1-0, but we're sort of scraping through every single round. Except for the round against Tours when we when we won 10-0. That's not really scraping through. That would bring us on to the quarterfinal against Stad Ren. The side who we played in the Trophy de Champions. The side who are meant to be the second best side in France. And we would lose 1-0. Hannibal 
scoring and there were 27 jokes I could make at this point. He chewed you apart. But I'm just not going to. Yeah, there you go, Alex Sam Brown did instead. (laughs) So (laughs) we will not have as good a season as we did last season. And to be honest, in the league, we actually got our worst ever points total well since I joined. Because in season one, 93 points. Season two, 98 points. Season three, 92 points. This year, just 90 points. I know. I need sack the board, sack the board, sack the board. No, don't tap the board. They've done nothing wrong. It's me. Well, they've not sacked you. That's the thing. Hashtag would be failed. Yeah, that's true. What what that doesn't tell you is that played 34, won 28, drawn 6, lost none, an invincible season was my worst season. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Keep him in. Oh, the same. I, I have lost three league games in four years. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's a disgrace oh that you God. lost those three league games, really. <laughs> I know, right? Who did I lose to? Ren, Leal and Monaco, I think. So, yeah, it's quite hard to 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 get. I haven't done an invincible season in the twenty years of this save. That's not a surprise. Towels are just no. there, existing in pain. I nearly did. Well, I, I say <laughs> I nearly did. I haven't. The, the least I've lost. I I, I looked through this earlier because I was I was reminiscing by looking at my old results. The least number of games I've lost in a season in a league season is six. Do you know what? I thought you were going to say you've lost one one season and that loss was against the Morva. Um, I've, I've dropped... <laughs> I've dropped... I wish. ...less points in games than you've had losses. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you've gone... You, you've only dropped, like, five yeah. points across the like, whole season. <laughs> that was with a does, but still, like... Yeah, I, I I could have guessed that. <laughs> but still, like, how have you not got, even got close? My defence is that I'm playing in the English league system, and the English league system is full of lots of teams, and it's difficult. And my answer is my defence, because we conceded 10 goals in 34 oh. games. Jesus Christ. Just, just, That's why I, you must have got an yeah. achievement, right? I've signed a billion T defenders in the hope of replicating that. Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I don't keep an eye on achievements. I know that my goalkeeper, I think, has now won FIFA best goalkeeper three years on the bounce. Decent. So, he, he's he's quite good. Marcel Berger, who is just Manuel Neuer. He, he just is Manuel Neuer. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not complaining about him. The prior two seasons, we'd only conceded 14 goals. So, over the last three seasons, we've conceded 38 goals. That's pretty which, good. Not bad. Yeah would be the fourth best defence if it was just this year alone. <laughs> Marcel Berger, over the last... Well, he's played all four seasons. So in his first year, 28 games, 13 goals, 18 clean sheets. By the way, this is goals conceded, obviously. In his second season, 34 games, 14 goals, 24 clean sheets. Third season, 34 games, 14 goals, 22 clean sheets. Fourth season, 34 games, 10 conceded, 24 clean sheets. So, yeah, he's he's been quite good. I'm I'm somewhat happy to have him as my, my goalkeeper. But also we do have a really good defence as well. Obviously, Fafana's been fantastic. Daniel Cabra, I think... 
I think if David Vince is not the best player in the world, it's probably Daniel Cabra. Uh, it turns out spending a lot of money on a right back is actually a good idea. So, you know, there's always help for towels. <laughs> uh, this season, actually, just to go for his, his two full seasons, his first full season with us, 29 games, an average of 7.52 with seven assists. Oh, that's only in the league. He had 15 assists in 45 games in total. This season, he played 50 games, had five goals, 22 assists, and a 7.83 average rating. So he's quite good, and this is why I keep winning everything. Talking about that, let's go on to the Champions League. Oh, no. Ah, I, I, I'll be honest, I think I made an error earlier. Which I know is so not like me. Yeah. So in 2031-32, I only dropped points in one Champions League league phase game. Can you guess which side I drew against? I'm going to go with Bayern. Bayern. Tennis Borussia Berlin. Tennis Borussia Berlin. Oh, actually, I should say, because I've told these two, they actually made it back into the Champions League with Oliver Glasner as manager. Union Berlin. And they Berlin. knocked out Manchester United. Oh. No, they were fighter. They knocked out <laughs> Manchester United. <laughs> Amazing. Get in, boys. Schalke? No. I- I- I'll tell you they're Spanish. Deportivo La Coruña. You know what? You're close enough. Um, well, not close, but you you know you got the right sort of team. Espanol. <laughs> I drew against Espanol, and I I was absolutely furious. B Tech Barcelona. <laughs> we... B Tech Barcelona. Espanol fan, hear that as well, please. <laughs> no, just just to point out that in the group stage that year we played Milan, dominated. Played Dortmund, dominated. Played. Actually, I think that's pretty much it in terms of the tough sides. But yeah, we, we won every game comfortably and then drew with Espanyol this year. We also only dropped points in one league phase game. Do you want to guess who we're against? <laughs> Look, I'm going to get this one out of the way. Was it Espanyol? It wasn't. Can you give us the country? I feel like that might help. I, I think if you get if, if I tell you the country, you'll get it straight away. But... But no, I actually wouldn't. Who? The deuce. Does. <laughs> Belgium. Club Rouge. Club Rouge, yeah. Oh, it was Club Rouge. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we had played in, in that league phase. Tottenham, Dortmund, again, always Dortmund. Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, who else? And Atalanta, among others. And the only side we dropped points against were Club Bruges. Be fuming. Just, just... Be absolutely fuming. Why? So, anyway, we would then get into the round of 16, where we would play Arsenal. Arsenal with Mondo Ruben Boy. Santamaria, the side who used to have Gianluca Scamacca, but they let him go on a free after signing him for 90 million euros. So, well done them. We would draw the first leg 0-0. Actually, by the way, I should say, just in case you don't remember, Ruben Santamaria, they signed from me a left-back, 80 million euros, and he didn't play in either of these games. Just, just stop terrible spending tra- money. Terrible transfer decisions. Terrible. Yeah. Just, just stop it. It's a bad idea. At least my 
mega money fullback plays games. Yeah. In the second leg, Ruben Garcia and New Gen would give Arsenal a 1-0 lead in the 18th minute. In the 81st minute, Daniel Cabra would equalise. In the 93rd minute, we would get a penalty, which I'm sure the Arsenal fans weren't complaining about at all. Gianfranco Fernandez would step up and score the penalty. Leon would go through to the quarterfinal where we would play Barcelona. You ha- sorry, but you had the opportunity to be the perfect shit out and put Gianluca Scamacca on that penalty, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't. I didn't want the headlines if he'd. I think actually no, I think he'd been subbed off at that point because he was having a bad uh. game. So yeah, that's. Let's just see. Yeah, he he came off. In fact, I'm pretty sure it was him who was, was subbed off for Scamacca, for for Fernandez. Sorry. So yeah. So we would play Barcelona again in the quarterfinals. One of the new gents I'd signed early on with, in my time at Leon started to come through this year. A guy called Manuele Marconi. He had been previously playing at Untahashing and Socio, which I know I've not pronounced right, but I don't care. Haven't they gone under? Yeah, yeah, because per Joe Terrible, apparently. Mm. I don't know. I, I saw that HITC7 to put a video up about it, and I went, I'm going to watch that. But not now. And I haven't watched it yet. So, Sounds about right. Yeah. 29 games, 18 goals. He's been he's been quite good. Um, this was one of his goals against Barcelona. We would win the opening game at the Group Palmer Stadium 1-0. And then we would go to the second leg at Camp Nou. And they would win 3-2. They were 2-0 down. We'd scored twice. That was implied by me saying they went 2-0 down. Uh, Ruma Rodriguez and Marconi scoring, but then they scored three. It took it to a penalty shootout, and we would win 4-2. Moali Cho scoring a penalty, which is nice. Anyway, that would take us on to the semi-finals, and for the second year in a row, we would play Juventus in the semi-finals. Obviously, after how close the first leg was last year, I was expecting something similar this time, 5-2. So they did score <laughs> twice, and it's at this point I've now realised Dusan Flahovic is actually a really good striker because he scored both of their goals. But for us, Okoye with one, Persin with two, Fernandez with one, Moali Cho with one as well. He is ridiculous in the game, is Dusan Flahovic, which is yeah. very funny given how he's really not very good, like bang average really in real life. And he would open the scoring in the second leg as well. But we would score in the 86th minute through Gabriel Perez. And that would take us to the Champions League final where we would play Bayern Munich. And yeah, this was always going to be a tough game. And obviously, I've already mentioned how good yourself and Makoko is. But they, they have so, so many good players. One of the players I didn't mention earlier, Joe Fares, is another player in my England side. He joined Bayern Munich three years ago from Burnley and has been fantastic. I'm sure he's the first Burnley to Bayern Munich signing, maybe of all time. But that summer, they had bought a player for €200 million, and it was Tottenham's David Vince. And we had a player... (laughs) Yes. Any other player going from Tottenham to Bayern is just, it's just un- unthinkable, right? And, Hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. Life imitating art and all that. 
and yeah he, he did really well in his first season in Germany 24 goals and 12 assists in the Bundesliga 7.62 average rating in total oh my god I've just looked at this total 50 games 32 goals 21 assists <laughs> he's even better than the one who can't say yellow lorry red lorry <laughs> This is what I said earlier when I said he might be the best player in the world because he just is completely dominant. Anyway, Has he won the Golden Ball? I don't know. I'd have to check. So, in the 48th minute, Yusofa Makoko would open the scoring for Bayern Munich. You know, Bayern, you've won the Champions League three times in a row before and don't want to sound bitter, but you really shouldn't have won one of them Champions League finals. Just, just put it out there. So, let somebody else win three Champions League finals in a row. That was my request to Julian Nagelsmann, who is just a legend at Bayern Munich at this time. You know, he's won every Bundesliga season he's he's been involved in for, for Bayern. He's he's a legend. And I'm sure if you asked the board, would, would you sack him? They'd go, no, what a, what a bad idea. Who would we even bring in? Thomas Tuchel wouldn't be anywhere near as good. <laughs> Idiots. Anyway, in the 78th minute, Philippe Pessin would score for Leon, and the game would go into extra time, go into penalties. By the way, we did not deserve anything in this game. We we were terrible throughout, but we managed to drive the game into a penalty shootout. Fernandez would score, Ben Makoko would score, Skamaka would score, Musiala would score, Pessin would score, Davis would score, Karkave would score. We're getting into players who I have no clue about. Castanet would score. Oh, he's a regen, or new gen, whatever they're called. Ivandro would score, Breuer would score, Musa Toy here would score, and then Gert Strangle would miss. And Leon Gert would win. Strangle. I know. Leon would win their third Champions League in a row. He strangled the Gert life Strangle is what chances. the Wurzels did to that blackbird. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see a three peat. We love to see it. So. Has for Leon won enough Champions Leagues to go around this whole podcasting team, and especially for Alex Towles, who has done sweet fuck all in terms of European (laughs) trophies. In my defence, we've only been in European competition like twice. In Alex Woodward's defence, he doesn't really care about trophies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if, if you want, I'll, I'll transfer you the save just before the Champions League final. If, if I have that on my, if one of the I'll uh, bottle it, I'll bottle it, he <laughs> won't win. In all, in all fairness, I thought I was going to bottle it because we were genuinely dreadful in that game. I think I it's the worst performance we've had since I've been here, and I won the Champions League with it. I think towels is like early stage Guardiola mixed in with current stage Guardiola. So, you know, there's still those kind of kinks that he needs to iron out within his tactical formation. But there is definitely that thing when it comes to important games where he just bottles it somehow and I can't tell you what it is. So, I mean, I have won two domestic trophies. Carling Cups. (laughs) Carling Cup and an FA Cup. I won the real one as well. Yeah, that's (laughs) fair, that's fair. No, okay, fair enough. You you wouldn't have to So, there's still a lot to go with the 2032-33 season because 
obviously we won the Euros. We are playing in the Europe South American Super Cup against Brazil. Later on, I haven't played that game yet. And then also it's the summer of the Club World Cup as well. And I'm currently deciding whether that should be where I end with Leon because with the league and when I became, the, I was the highest ranked manager in the French National Hall of Fame. Also now the highest ranked manager in the English Hall of Fame as well, which is which is nice. And by the way, if you want to become number one in, in a Hall of Fame in another country, it's easiest to do it in France out of the big leagues because on all the other ones, there's like a really legendary manager who's like got 3,000 points or whatever. In in Germany now, Julian Nagelsmann's on like 5,000. It's terrifying. Um, but France is a good place to sort of cement your legacy. However, even though I've won everything with Leon, I cannot do anything more. If I, oh, I'm going to get his name wrong, if I win one more, I overtake Robert Herbin from Saint-Étienne for the most league and title wins of all time. Currently, we're tied on four. If I win one more, obviously, I go above him. So I think that's an incentive to stay. Another incentive is the fact that with the Club World Cup, that's going to end in like, I can't remember what time Brown said, but it's beginning of July, mid-July. So that doesn't really give me a pre-season, even if I am able to get into a, a decent job. I I wouldn't really have a pre-season to speak of to sort of fix anything with the side. So I think maybe one more year in Leon before I, I, I wrap up because there's, there's nothing left to do. We've won everything so many times. We are genuinely bored of winning. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why that's genuinely like the thing. Because with my taunt and save, yeah, I haven't like won the Premier League or the Champions League or anything. Yeah. But I feel like if I when I do win the Premier League oh, or the Champions League, I'm just going to stop playing these saves. Yeah. This save, because mm. like the the thing that's kept me going with this taunt and save is that there's always been that like higher goal to get get for. So like there's always been the promotions, always been the promotions, and then like when we got up to the Premier League, it's can we get in the Champions League? Now we're in the Champions League. It's can we win the thing can we win the premier league so like when i've won the premier league and won the champions league they're like unless i want to go for like the the goat goated manager rankings there's nothing more for me to do at taunton so like probably when i do win assuming i do get it done before before i fm23 comes out please god Please let me finish this save. I don't think um, you're doing it before FM then... twenty three comes out in all fairness. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> it's been a long podcast. To, to be fair, yeah. when, but yeah, when you sh- eventually win the Premier League and Champions League, I imagine it'll feel a lot more earned. Yeah. At, at mm. least than Myva does one, because that was almost too quick. Yeah. Whereas, you know, twenty seasons, that's a that's a lot of Yeah. I've put my time yeah. in. It's, it's, it's not really <laughs> time, because it's like the same kind of time for both of us. But it's like a lot more dedication, and you feel like a lot more attached to it. Mm. When, so... Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, the, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like you, So, you know, like, in the game, you can look at, like, your game stats, like, how long you've spent playing the game. Like, oh. say you holiday forward for a little bit. And it like shows you, like how well you've done, how how much you've played, and there's like a little message mm. alongside it. Um, I can't find the screen at this point because I'm not sure how to get to game it without status. actively hot. Oh, game status is it? Yeah, um, should be. 
uh, gangster. You should tell you the and here it is. Uh, my dedication factor is congratulations from everyone at Sports Interactive. <laughs> we never thought you'd make it this far. <laughs> Like, what, what's and it's the, been that for about five seasons. What's what's the time? Like, what's the actual time on it? Um, the the time is massively inflated because the way that I play Football Manager is it's always on in the background oh, of my laptop. So I, even when I'm not playing FM, I'm playing FM. So it's hugely inflated. I, I do that. But as it's well, definitely but... it's definitely over a thousand hours on this one save. Brilliant. Like maybe even fifteen hundred. Brilliant. I love that. Is it saying it in days? Uh, sorry, I, I clicked advance and I've got to wait a year for it to advance one day because <laughs> I'm in the transfer window. But <laughs> we love to see it though. We love to see someone actually hitting the thousand hours that we mandated at the start of the. Yeah, uh, I, I, I hit. I've hit a thousand hours. I hit it a little while ago. I, I was going to say uh, I think my I hit loads of time ago <laughs> as well. Because I do the same as you. Like, I've got time to mm. leave it on. Why not? Yeah. Who's got time Ma- to mine's load commonly up on mine's commonly on no one can accuse you of lacking commitment. <laughs> Fair enough. So so I'm happy about that. We'll we'll cover the going ons of the going Deutsch save in the next podcast. But um this has been another marathon podcast that will definitely be split in two. Uh, <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you along for the ride. Uh, and once again, if you do want to please send us a message at a thousand fm at a thousand hours fm on twitter letting us know why on earth you're still listening to this podcast yeah that's all um we will be back next month when hopefully i will have won at least the league or the champions league i i, I said this on twitter if i haven't won one of the league and champions league by next time we do the pod which will probably be in two seasons time on my save because we've been making a pod roughly once every two seasons i will be a bit sad i'll be sad for you yeah well i think we'll all be sad well we'll see i'll give you one of mine next time i'll see might be a bit sad might be a bit not sad uh thank you to alex tam brown thank you very much for having me again thank you to alex woodward merci beaucoup and thank you to you for listening we'll be back next time cheers au revoir Bye.